Hey there, Ravens. This is your host, Sam, with a special announcement before we get into the podcast. We now have merch. That is correct. Game Raven Review has merch available on Redbubble. We have t-shirts, we have hats, we have tumblers, and we even have shower curtains. That's not a typo. We have actual shower curtains and also blankets. So if you would like to rep game raven please go to our website gameravenreview.com and a link to our red bubble will be right there thank you Welcome to the Game Raven Review Podcast. I'm your host, Sam, and I am joined by some very talented individuals, as I am every week, as we discuss the world of indie games. In today's episode, we're going to talk about solo developed games. But before we get into any of that, I would like to introduce who I have with me this week. And let's start with you, Whitefoot, aka Emily. How are you? Hi, I'm very well. Um, I actually did a blacksmith class this weekend and I made a little knife and it was amazing. I never thought I could make anything out of anything and uh, it was really great. So I'm very proud of myself for doing something I never would have thought of trying and it turned out really well. So I'm pretty good. Nice. I would like to see the knife you made. That's really awesome. I will send pictures. I'll put it in the discord. You posted on Instagram. I think that's where I saw it. It looked really cool. Oh, yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. Mine's the shiny one. (laughs) All right. And we also have Puppet. Puppet, how are you? Hello. I am good. I am. I just put on a Pikachu Band-Aid on my finger because my little hamster was eating Cheerios and he bit my finger. That's all. I'm okay. I'm going to turn into a were hamster. Maybe. A were hamster. Oh, did he draw blood? <laughs> he did, and it kept bleeding. Oh, I was going to look up to see if hamster saliva was like, <laughs> like spider it's, saliva. Anyway. It's a miracle cure-all. Oh. You are now a superhuman. Oh. <gasps> With hamster- like Spider-Man, but I'm hamster girl? Also, your eyes will get enormous and turn jet black. And <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm I don't know to- how I feel about it anymore. <laughs> so she looks like a possessed girl. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's how I am. <laughs> well, all right. And last, we have Taz. Taz, how are you? I'm wonderful, Sam. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thank you for asking. And thank you all for joining me this week for the podcast. And we'll be right back with what we've been playing. See you on the other side. Welcome back to the Game Raven Review Podcast with our segment, What We've Been Playing. And it's kind of self-evident. We kind of talk about what we've been playing for the last week or so. Um, As a theme of the podcast, I sometimes do and sometimes don't play a game. So we'll skip past me and go directly to Puppet. Puppet, what have you been playing? 
I have been playing uh, most of the same things, actually. Um, lots of Graveyard Keeper. Um, I am kind of obsessed with that game. I'm really loving it a lot. I just entered into the church basement, and there's some horrifying things down there. Um, and so, yeah, I did not expect a torture chamber below the uh, church, but I should have. I should have. <laughs> The game is really dark already, and I just didn't think it could get any darker, and it did. So <laughs> here we are. But I'm going to make some zombies so they can help me out around the farm. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's Graveyard Keeper. Um, I'm also playing through Scarlet Hollow. Still, um, I'm in still in Chapter 1. Um, and Scarlet Hollow, if you don't know it, is fantastic. Um, if you're into um, uh, graphic novels... Um, it is made by Abby Howard, who is a graphic novelist, and she does a wonderful job. Um, it's an immersive horror mystery, and um, it's it's delightful. So uh, your choices mean things, and right now I'm playing as a, a herbo. <laughs> so I'm really strong, and I can talk to animals. So I'm basically crunk going through the game. So that's fun. Um, and... Uh, aside from that, I played some Pokemon, like I usually do, making my way through um, Diamond, Pokemon Diamond. And then I also started playing Life is Strange, uh, the new one. Um, and I wasn't really that impressed by it, actually. Um, yeah, Life is Strange, True Colors. Um, True Colors, yes, with Alex. Yeah, with Alex. And I remember you talking about it, Sam, and I... It just... Um, it's beautiful, but it's kind of slow, to be honest. I'm not, I'm not as compelled as I was, um, with the, uh, the first Life is Strange. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I probably will play through the rest because I have to complete it because <laughs> I started it and I like to complete games if I can. Um, so I probably will, but yeah, not really feeling it so much. So anyway, those are my games. What chapter are you in? Um, just, I have literally only played, like, maybe two hours of the game. So, the first chapter, this guy just came in and, like, tried to beat up her brother or something, and she snapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's super early on, super early on. Yeah. Give it to, like, episode two, or chapter two, whatever you want to call it. Um, just to see. Because the past chapter two, if you don't, if you still don't like it, it's not going to change much. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's kind all of the right. like gist of two and three. Is They're all kind of the same. Hmm. Um, but yeah, Life is Strange is a complicated game to say if I like or dislike. Hmm. It's, See, that's the thing. If I could put in my two cents, because I, you know, I was hanging out with Puppet while she was playing. I was just playing Pokemon. Um, I was watching. And yeah, I kind of like the first Life is Strange, like hooked instantly. It was like it was different. The music was bopping and like, I don't know, I've never been in like the indie realm with like music and that kind of like, I don't know, kind of like a lifestyle. But uh, it was just like, you know, with with Max and like all these like first hour in hooked watching the first hour of this new one. And eh, the character seemed a little bland, like I don't know if it was the acting, but like that bird guy is super weird. I'm like, who? Who's this guy? Like, at least in like the private high school, like things are tense. You got some bullies, you got some popular kids, you got some characters all around. Whereas this small little town, there's like 
the local person everyone hates and then some weird bird guy that cannot have any inflection in his voice ever so it was just i don't know i i was a fan i didn't play it that's not that's me like watching so i don't know but i work with someone like that <laughs> they talk totally in like monotone and really fast and they just lay all this information on you and you have to like keep up with what they're saying and you're like what are you saying it's just i don't know <laughs> what? i just don't like it <laughs> Cool. I don't remember. I don't remember the bird guy. Just be honest with you. I was that was <laughs> such an unforgettable character. <laughs> he was like your brother's best friend or something. Oh, you mean the um, the, not trooper. You mean beef? Yeah, the boy. ranger dude. Yeah, ranger, yeah, the beef, yeah beef him the other radio. love interest. Yeah, yeah, love, beef, love Oh, he's the other love interest. Yeah, just just count the minutes you stood with him and your other love interest, and you realize that the game doesn't really give you a choice. <laughs> That's what you no. mentioned before, yeah. No. If wow. You, if I didn't tell you that, you probably wouldn't figure it out until uh-huh. the game points you towards those two people and say, hey, would you like to? And I, again, my option was three of neither one of them. But yeah. I, I didn't make that <laughs> choice. And it's just like, but I don't spend time. It's, it's fine. I'm not going to have the rant about the life is strange. I hope you enjoy it. Again, give it to the end of chapter two. Okay. Pretty much the end of chapter one and see if you want to. It. Again, it doesn't have a big tornado that is attacking a person because she's the worst. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's a game about emotions. Right. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong, it's beautiful. Love the music. The music's great, as always. Um, yeah, so anyway, there you go. Those are my games this week. Nice. Taz, what have you been playing? Uh, as like every week, like every day for the past, I don't think I've re- we've re- done a podcast since it's like 100 days. Uh, but I've been playing uh, Konosuba Fantastic Days on mobile. It's the best anime gotcha game. Um, they just had their 100 day like uh event, which is cool. They finished the ReZero fe- event. Um, I wasn't a fan of the anime. At least at the end, season one was great. Didn't like the ending. I finally finished it. Too much dialogue, not enough action. Just my opinion. Um, but I uh, still going strong on Fantastic Days. There's a little bit of a lull now between events, but that's okay. Um, oh, <laughs> I made Game Raven mad. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> The first season was great. It just kept it just dragged on for like 30 episodes. I wasn't a fan, uh, but I love the characters. But my girl Rem, dude, waifu Rem, you know, battle hardened made person like waifu, you know, man. Um, but I've been playing that. And then I've been I today I completed the last gym leader in Pokemon Pearl, uh, Shining Pearl. Um, now I'm on my way to Victory Road and fighting the Elite Four. And then after that, I'm going to focus on uh, breeding Pokemon. Um, like a, a friend of ours um, who's been like hardcore into it. And he traded me some good stuff because uh, he even told me that uh, Pokemon from this game, these games, uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, you'll be able to transfer over to Pokemon Arceus. So you don't have to like at first I was worried. I like I thought I was like, oh, snap, I'm putting too much effort because my goal is to I'm playing on like a slightly, you know, a lot of Pokemon players like to give themselves like a hard mode. Right. 
um, in different variations, people like rock a, a, a all six Wurmple team to fight the Elite Four, and like they, you know, Pokemon gamers like get creative. And I'm trying to do like not have any of my Pokemon faint. Right, anytime that happens, I just shut off the the, the application. I try again, um, and uh, I'll only I won't give them TMs. I'll only let them like learn the moves that they want to learn. And I'll never say no to it because I don't know. The dialogue makes it seem like they want to learn this thing. And I'm like, oh, man, I'd feel terrible if I didn't let you learn this thing. Um, yeah, so so I'm trying I'm trying to do like a little bit of a, of a kind of more of a challenging mode. You could say I'm trying to gr- I'm rocking a, a Torterra, trying to grind him out, grind her out as much as possible. She's right now like level 71 right now. So I think the Elite Four will be pretty easy sauce. Um, but again, I'm trying to also catch every single Pokemon uh, that there is, trying to catch them all. I've never done that before, so I think this game will be the one. Um, so I've been knocking out a lot of hours on that. So those are the only two things I've been playing. Very nice. Very nice. Now, <laughs> see, I never thought about it before, but now when you say like that Pokemon trying to learn something and you stop it, like... I guess like if they try to evolve and you don't want them to evolve, I'm like just like slapping their head. Like stop that. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't stop grow. all that shining. <laughs> well, yeah, well, there's this chick that you this like NPC that because there's a couple that you trade them like a Pokemon that they want for a more like kind of a rare Pokemon. Um, and this one uh traded me a haunter. And I'm like, oh, why didn't it evolve? Because she gave me the Haunter with an I like while it held an item that prevented it from evolving. I'm like, what the heck? You just ripped me off, you little NPC 10 year old oh, no. monster. But I got the item, so that's cool. So it's less of like smacking your Pokemon and saying don't evolve. It's just like, hold on to this for me, <laughs> you know, so what an image. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like, I don't know. There's this weird empathy with the Pokemon I have like, oh, he wants to learn. uh you know, like uh, something, and I would feel bad if I didn't let them. So, understandable. understandable. <laughs> All right, and Emily, what have you been playing? Oh, uh, lately, um, because I've been writing an article about it, I have been playing The Pathless, um, which is a game by Giant Squid, uh, which is an indie studio that was co founded by the art director of the game Journey which is, I'm not going to say it, but a lot of people liked it. Um, and uh, it's an amazing single-player like adventure, exploration, kind of a cozy game. There aren't really any enemies. There are boss battles, so in that way, it's a little bit like Shadow of the Colossus. Um, but also, that it's, it's a vast island you explore, and you explore it by running and jumping and flying because you have an eagle companion that goes with you. And you're just a solo archer with your eagle, flying through this beautiful landscape, shooting targets. And uh, it's uh, it's like, I don't know, it's like they read my mind. They're like, hey, what would you like to do with your life? Well, I'd like to do this. I'd like to be on my own with an eagle and explore <laughs> abandoned ruins and find treasure and never have to talk to anyone. And if cool. I have to encounter anybody, I just beat them up. It's, it's <laughs> magical. Uh, yeah, I really liked it. Um, definitely check it out. It came out on Steam... Uh, I think the 16th of November. So, um, but it's been out for about a year, a year and a month or so. So, and I missed it completely. I don't know what I was doing. I was like, hey, I asked for it for Christmas last year. Didn't get it. And then I just forgot about it. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but anyway. 
Yeah. Um, and also, I just literally started like last night at midnight um, a game that I saw on Steam. And I it's very interesting and strange. It's called Apatura. I don't know how to say that. If any of you guys know how to say that, please tell me. Um, I don't know very much about it at all, other than that it's made with paper. It's not made in a conventional manner, like like a game digitally. This guy m- physically built these uh, sets and characters with out of paper and then filmed them and then put them back into the computer and made a game out of it. And just that idea is what made me buy it. I didn't know anything about it other than this game is made out of paper. I was like, okay, I'm in. Like, what? what is this? It looks so quirky and, and colorful, Like, but only one color. It's like a sepia tone kind of color. Uh, like a warm, candlelit, glowy, glowy kind of a womb almost color. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to play it. I literally have just gotten past like the first cutscene before you actually start to play. And I, have, I was like, I'm tired. I got to go to bed. So I don't know mm. anything about the gameplay. But um, I think it's a side scroller. So that's what I've been playing. Those two games. I've been kind of busy lately because of holidays and, and stuff like that. So yes, yes, Pete. He agrees. Busy. <laughs> Emily, you always find the coolest games. This. Thank you. Perpetua. Perpetua. P-A-P-E-T-U-R-A. Yeah, check out their site cool and he you can even see how he made all of the sets and stuff mm-hmm. this is amazing this is so cool also i am <laughs> i was helping emily edit her review for the pathless and i straight up got like halfway through her review and i bought the game <laughs> i saw i was like <laughs> puppet master and now owns the pathless i was like great cool i was like Love i cannot get this game <laughs> like it sounds amazing and i'm so excited to try it it looks amazing yeah yay yeah i'm all about it the soundtrack in particular is phenomenal um because journey had a really amazing soundtrack and it's the same composer and i'm all about the soundtracks it's like my favorite genre my husband doesn't get it he thinks i'm weird i think it's amazing and transportive and inspirational and fantastic and wonderful if any of you agree with me put it in the chat that's what i've been playing Nice. I remember Pathless at like one of the PlayStation experiences whenever it got like announced. And I was like, that looks very awesome. And then I forgot it existed. Oh, but yeah, I remember this. I really wanted to play this. So I also might be picking that up very soon. So many games to play. <laughs> I know. I'm getting annoyed. Everyone keeps making games. I, I don't have all this time, but I want to play them. It's really mm-hmm. frustrating. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's why you add them to your wish list and they get on a sale. That's great. And if you buy them, you know, without that, it's also great. Ah, but thank you all for your answers. And we'll be right back with the question of the week. the game raven review podcast with our segment question of the week in our discord every day we post a question kind of seeing where everyone's heads at whether it be something kind of silly like i don't know which link do you like better 
or something more serious towards, again, gaming in general, just kind of see where everyone's at in our Discord. If you'd like to join our Discord, please go to GameRavenReview.com, and a link will be right there for you. Um, the question I pulled for this week is, do you prefer reboots or remasters? Taz, let's start with you. Uh, I'm 100% a remaster kind of person. Uh, mostly because reboots, you know, it, I mean, I mean, it depends. It's like, uh, I, I don't like, hmm, I mean, how do I say this? I like remasters because remasters hold a value that is like, this is every, like, and to keep it like relevant and like time sensitive, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are excellent uh, current um, day examples of remasters. The original games were great. They were the first Pokemon games on the DS. It was awesome. Um, and it, it like he added like the touch screen and like like different aspects, uh, different Pokemon. Awesome. It was a great time. Um, and then now that's on the Switch. It's the same exact nostalgia, but I'm able to take it more of like I like I feel like more of a Pokemon master. Um, and that's just, you know, it, I think that's that's the whole point of it is like you have a game that you played when you were younger. You want to you want to live that nostalgic feel. But you ever you ever you ever play uh, Ocarina of Time again as an adult on like another like an upgraded system? It sucks because it's not remastered. It's just ported. Controls are hard. And you're like, how the hell did I play this game? When, you know as a kid you know it, it's like I, I don't know it's like the advancement of technology like like wow a second stick for a separate camera control is like the best gaming invention ever of all time it's awesome you have free range of your yeah free range of your uh uh, uh camera as well as movement right it's awesome so reboots and ports can only do so much because it's just like copy and paste whatever what have you Whereas remasters, they that's as the name says, it's it's remastered for the quality, um, different visuals, control scheme is better. It's adapted. It's like adapted to modern technology, um, and so I prefer remasters. I love to play my old school games with the now technology. You know, so very nice, very nice. And Emily, what about you? Um, I prefer the original game. <laughs> Option but um, three. yeah, mm-hmm. option three, the unlisted option three. Um, I yeah, I but if I had to choose, um, always remaster, simply because a reboot is trying to remake that same thing that you loved when you were X years old, and they're never going to quite do it right. For one of you know one or another person out there, it's going to be awful and. Yeah, I, taking something that's beloved and making it, it's like buffing it, you know, you shine it up and make it, quote, new, but it's still the same thing. And that is always a safer bet when you're making a game than a reboot, which could potentially really, um, what's the word I'm looking for when th- something backfires? Oh, yeah, backfire. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> that's my answer to you, Sam originals but if i have to choose if i'm forced um then uh remaster but taz in in answer to your question about you ever play ocarina of time on another system and it sucks 
I didn't think it sucked, but I did only play it the one time on the GameCube. And then I was like, well, the original is better. So that's why my answer is still the original. The end. Very nice. Puppet. You know, I have to be honest, um, because I play primarily Nintendo games, I haven't actually played a whole lot of reboots. So um, please keep that in mind as I give my answer. I do enjoy reboots. Um, the only real reboot that I've played was um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and I thought it was fantastic. Now, I did not play the original Tomb Raider games, so maybe I'm not a good judge. <laughs> I may not be a good person for this question, but I like the idea of reboots, and here's why. Because they preserve what Emily is talking about, the game itself, and it recognizes that it's pretty much a completely different game at this point because when that game was first developed it was developed in the context of that time with those mechanics and part of me likes the idea of keeping um and maintaining that while also uh allowing the story to live on and live through in a different context so there's my answer um but to be honest, I have mostly only played remasters, and uh, it's been hit or miss for me, actually. So there you go. Well, I, I enjoyed all you all's answer. I'm going to be kind of like an Emily and kind of choose both with like a little asterisk next. So like a remaster, I think Taz kind of mentioned it, like a remaster to me is something that is upscaled for the 4Ks in the 60s or whatever, right? But at the same time, a lot of things are called remasters and they're just ports. That's not a remaster. You just kind of ported that to the Switch or the PlayStation or whatever, and you really didn't change or fix things. You kind of just sold me the same game you sold me 10 years ago and told me that it, it's a remake. And I'm like, I, uh, okay, I guess. <laughs> like, again, example with a game that I enjoyed, there was a reboot of Final Fantasy VII. But if you remember the year before they announced that, they announced a like remake or remaster of Final Fantasy VII. And it looked the same. Like just, it was not really a lot they did to it. It was just more like a port to like the PlayStation. And I'm like, well, I can play that off a paperclip and a bad opinion on a web browser. I don't really need that game. But then you make the reboot with all the shininess of it. And then I'm like, well, gotta, gotta buy this. Look at Cloud and Sephiroth. Mm -hmm. Like this is where to me a reboot, which can look at something that is old and no offense to people who like, like tank controls. But the Resident Evil series keep getting like reboots happening to them where they're just going to keep making that game better. Where as much as I like tank controls back when I was a child, I didn't like them, by the way. That, that was a lie. I didn't like tank controls. And so when you see Resident Evil now with the way they made it better, it's like, oh, yeah, this is just better. Like, yeah, yeah. Resident Evil 2 on the PlayStation is just better. Like it keeps that same spirit of the game while looking at whatever like the negatives might have been about the game again tank controls and then getting that out of it mm -hmm. so now i get a kind of like kind of like the same thing puppet said like i still get the spirit of the game i still understand who mr x is and x is gonna give it to you i i get all that at the same time i don't have to look at something and be like i'm so frustrated with this game because the only thing they did is just move one file to another file and told me that it's a remake and or remaster and i'm like well kind of just the same game you sold me decade ago it's not really different yes yeah. i like the shiny i like the new and the shinies yeah i was gonna say hmm skyrim okay look but like okay you talk about nintendo right like um 
what was it called? Which which Zelda was it? Twilight. Which Zelda did they just release as like a remaster? Oh, Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword. And Skyward everyone was Sword, like, yeah. I already have this <laughs> on my emulator that looks better than this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and that's true. Shouldn't pirate kids. Kids don't pirate games. But I understand though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're gonna sell me again the same game I got like two or three different times now. They say it's, you know, for the Switch, which again is great. Like if you have a Switch and you want to play those games and you don't have any other way to get like GameCube or whatever to play those games, understood. Thank you all for your answers. And if you would like to answer questions just like this, please sign up for our Discord on GameRavenReview.com. And we'll be right back with our main segment right after this. Welcome back to the Game Raven Review podcast with our main topic for this week. And we're going to talk about solo developed games. Kind of self-evident. Again, games that were pretty much made by like a single person. And we're going to go kind of go Ron Robin. I will start off, of course, with my critically acclaimed game, I guess, because I do talk about this game a lot. Again, FNAF, a.k.a. Five Nights at Freddy's which new game comes out, I believe, next Thursday as of recording. So, again, hopefully maybe I'll write something about it or at least talk about it on the podcast. I don't know. But Finance of Freddy's, if you don't know, was kind of made by, like, one small individual, like, literally, like, working, I believe, at a dollar store or dollar general at the time. And pretty much his background was making, again, children's Christian-y games that kind of went nowhere. Scott Coffin then was kind of like, you know what? I'm going to make something totally different than that and see if it is successful or not. And in 2014, well, it was really successful. <laughs> and all your YouTubers watched, like played it. All your, I guess Twitch might have been playing it too, for that matter. And now it is like, one of the, I think, in my opinion, one of the most successful indie games where it has like 15 different books, like 10 games. Like he, again, retired from making Five Nights at Freddy's at this point. So the new game isn't fully developed by him anymore. But at the same time, the, I think the spirit of FNAF is still going to be there. And for me, I also enjoy those dumb games and their silly lore about people... <laughs> using soul energy to be an immortal to some degree. And then those souls getting upset and like attacking that person through animatronics. Cause that's how this works. And also robot children. Also, if you read the books, robot children. So again, that's one of the most successful games ever about haunted animatronics that will attack you. If you are a human. That sounds terrifying. Children are already terrifying. Robot children sound horrific. I mean, they just are upset. You know, you snuff their life away just so you could be an immortal. How dare you? I'm now going to possess this bunny character <laughs> and attack you. <laughs> I hope you're okay with that. Uh, but yeah, so that is my first. Um, his story is so interesting where he started and then where he went because 
like if I understand correctly, Five Nights, the first one, Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, it was like a last ditch effort, right? Because his games weren't doing super well. And so he just made a 180 turn here uh, from Christian children's stories to... Oh my gosh. Horrific. Like <laughs> Not that. <laughs> Not that. Yeah. Oh man. And again, if you ever play FNAF, he is the phone guy. So if you ever want to know what his voice sounds like, the hello hello, hello, hello. That that's Yes. Yeah. I um I have yet to play a Five Nights at Freddy's game. Which is surprising. I know. For me, it's surprising. But I don't, I don't have, I don't, I don't have the strength yet. <laughs> Puppet, what is your first game? So my first game is actually also an indie horror that was solo developed. Um, it is Doki Doki Literature Club. And I was actually introduced to this game recently, so I'm pretty new to it. Um, but it basically, it's um, a visual novel. And it breaks the fourth wall, and it's amazing. And I'd heard a lot about this game. Um, and it was developed by a guy named Dan uh, Salvado. And um, he basically, um, he, like, shook the world with this game. Um, sorry, I'm trying to find where I was uh, in his development of it. Um, so he's American, and he was a programmer. And um, over the course of two years, he worked on this game. Um, and, you know, he was also working in the gaming industry. So um, he was uh, apparently modding for the Super Smash Brothers scene <laughs> on Twitch, which is like super interesting. Um, but he then was like uh, inspired to make this like love-hate relationship with anime. Um, he wanted to convey that somehow through a game. <laughs> and so, thus, we get Doki Doki Literature Club. Um, and it starts with these cute girls doing cute things. And it's completely wholesome and adorable. But then it gets very twisted as it goes on. Um, and it's just amazing. And the, the artwork is, you know, it's, it's, it's cute. There's little anime waifus, and I love it. Um, but... What really impressed me about this game is that um, the way in which it breaks the fourth wall and the continuity um, of the way that they've done it. And it was released back, I think, in 2017. Yes. Yes. Um, and we've talked about this a little bit before on the podcast, but um, I streamed it and they have actors that come in during the stream and I won't ruin it for anybody, but it is amazing um just the level of detail and uh yeah i just i really question life when i play this game and i've heard that reaction from everybody who's played this game so um yeah one of my favorite uh solo developed games a recent introduction to it this year but i'm very glad it happened so I posted something in our Discord, which, again, I started looking at their merch because I went to the website to figure out things. Like, there's little keychains they have that have the faces of the girls, of course. Cool. And, like, oh, where their brain on... would... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you on Omocat? That's for yeah. Omari, I think. 
That's for the other game that I'll bring up. <laughs> well, no, they have the they have the characters here too. Oh, really? For Doki Doki? Yeah. What? And like inside their brains, you get to see like the brains, and like they have like things that they would like, right? So like Yuri has her like puppet's face. <laughs> which I like, didn't know that there was a connection between these two. I'm sorry, Sam. What? That's amazing. Oh, they anyway. have the whole. Oh, oh, they have. <laughs> Again, Yuri's my favorite of the Doki girls, of course. So, yes. like, in her head, she has that, like, weird book she's reading with the eye on it. Um, I don't know what this is. There's another item here, but the main item I also saw here in her head is a pin. And um, it's fun. <laughs> we have fun here. Like, okay. yeah, that Yes. This is so oh, it's, cool. Oh, it's tea, because she likes tea. That's right. Oh, yes. that's cute. You can like shake it and it rattles around. Wow. Yeah, like this is just, I want to buy this. It's also $15, but I want to buy this just to kind of have, because I think it's a really cute, cool idea. Doki Doki again hit the YouTube and Twitch streams, and of course everyone did it. And it's a really good game. Again, if you play the newer one, um, I think it's just called Plus, I believe. Um, again, more lore comes out, more adventures to have with your favorite waifus. I don't know if I ever asked you, like, which is your favorite of the ladies? Um, yeah, probably Yuri. Um, I play when I played the game, you know, I <laughs> I'm a straight woman. So I just was like, I don't know if I if I have to date one of these, um, I'll just choose words that I like and I'll just, you know, <laughs> see what happens. And I ended up with Yuri because she, you know, <laughs> likes dark things <laughs> and <laughs> I do, too. And tea, you know, and cozy things. So, um, yeah. So I, I really liked uh, Yuri a lot. Um, I had people telling me that I was like um, uh, Monica. Is that her name? Yes, Monica. Yeah, which I was flattered by when I first started playing it. And then as it progressed, I was like, what? <laughs> Wait, what do you think of me? <laughs> oh, um, and they reassured me. They're like, no, no, no. We mean like, you know, early game. And I'm like, sure. <laughs> anyway. Before it got dark and messed up. Yes, right. Before it got dark and messed up. Um, so, yeah. I, the game is wholesome all the way through. Yeah, absolutely. Completely wholesome. That's right. <laughs> that happens there. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, man. All right. And Emily, what is your first game? What was the question? Oh, yeah. Uh, solo developed games. Um, okay. This game my husband bought for me based solely on the fact that it's little mice running around in a medieval atmosphere. He knows I love medieval things. And I was like, okay, cool. That's great. Thanks. And then I finally tried it. And I was like, this is the best game I have played in a really long time. And it's called Ghost of a Tale. And I know, Puppet, you did a stream and played through it. And I never saw you play through the ending, so I don't know how you liked the game's ending. I had some feelings about it. <laughs> like, what happens next? I really want to know what happens next. And I don't know if we ever will. I don't know if they'll make a, another one. But this game was made um, almost completely uh, solo-developed by Lionel Gallet, a.k.a. I think it's pronounced Seath. I don't know how to say it. S-E-I-T-H. Uh, this guy used to work for DreamWorks and Universal. Um, he worked on movies like Prince of Egypt and The Road to El Dorado. So he brought a lot of 
uh, expertise to this game. It's gorgeous, incredible detailed forests and like a crumbling up on a cliff kind of um, fortress and just really weird, funny characters. And it's a one-player adventure RPG game. Um, basically, you're a little mouse. His name is Tilo. He's a minstrel, and he wakes up and he's in the dungeon of this fortress. And he cannot wife find. He cannot wife his find. He cannot find his wife. <laughs> <laughs> and um, oh, his wife's name is escaping me. Do you remember it, puppet? I can't remember. Um, Meryl. 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 Uh, no, something slightly. It different. starts with an M, though. Mara. Um, it's Mara. Mara. Yeah. Yes, um, Mara. He can't find her. So the game is you sneaking around, trying to avoid being seen by the guards, and you can hide in barrels and, you know, buckets of hay, and not usually not very well, by the way. He doesn't hide all that well, but, I mean, it works somehow. <laughs> um, so it's one of those hide-and-seek games. I know there's another term for it. I call them hide-and-sneak. Is that what they're called, hide-and-sneak games? So you don't fight anything. You're your goal is to run away and to avoid, which is perfect for my personality. I'm one of those, I'm a rabbit, so I avoid conflict <laughs> at all costs. <laughs> so, um, but he's the cutest little mouse you ever saw in your life. And you can play songs and there's a magpie and yeah, it's, and the music is phenomenal. He did not do the music. Um, he also had some help with a little bit of help from Paul Gardner, also with design and, um, and the art or not the art, uh, but the writing. And um, yeah, but the music is just really great. It's just a 10 out of 10 game. And I cannot believe that it was only made by a handful of people, uh, mostly just by Lionel Gallet. And it just blows my mind. It's just really amazing. If you've never played it, just give it a shot. It's really, really great. And the other game I just wanted to mention, which I've been, I've put in so many hours on this game, uh, and I did a review of it back in July. If you want to read it, you can go to GameRavenReview.com forward slash lemon hyphen cake. It's a game called Lemon Cake, and it's so colorful you just want to eat it. And uh, <laughs> it's you. it just time flies by when you play. Um, you Tons of upgrades. You can bake the cutest little snacks and, and build your cafe. You can have cats in your cafe and... Uh, it's just, I don't know. I've played it until all my treats are 100% A+, the best treats they could possibly be. So, geez, I don't know how many hours I have in this freaking game. Um, probably like 60 or something. Oh, wow. Wait, 65. Yeah. So I've played this game longer than you need to <laughs> to beat it <laughs> and that just goes to show how great it is it's made by uh i don't know if I, how to say her name Elo eloise laroche um she's a canadian developer and she has another game in the works called the ranch of river shine which i'm looking forward to recently also played a game by her called alchemy story which is like you're a witch and um crafting and that's really cute too i just love her design aesthetic it's super adorable and every game she's made um, gets better and better. So I'm just really excited to see the next thing she does. So she's definitely someone to keep an eye on for as a solo developer who's really, really talented. Yeah, so Eloise LaRoche, really awesome. And a lady to boot, which, you know, it's hard to be a woman in this kind of... in the gaming. I mean, not so much nowadays, but it's just even more impressive 
Oh, I sound really sexist by saying that. I'm sorry. That's not what <laughs> no. I mean. It's even more impressive because she's a woman. No. <laughs> That's not what I mean. I'm just saying, you go, girl, is all I mean. You go, girl. Yes. Yes. Um. By the way, um, I've been looking into it, um, and I think it's called controllable helplessness in gaming. Um, oh, I, because the hide I, and sneak kind of thing. Yeah, like I really enjoy mm. games like that too, and I remember trying to figure out what this term was, and some people mm. call it controllable helplessness. Um, weird. Basically, um, yeah, where the protagonist, um is helpless, but you can still control mm-hmm. what they do. Um, you still have a way to hide or run or... Yes. Fight back by rolling barrels onto bad guys' heads or that kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, I could... Let's see. Again, I'm just now finding out about this word, so I could be saying this wrong. Um, Some people just call it um, helplessness. Um, But I like, I like the term controllable helplessness. It kind of... Mm encompasses everything um some people call it a defenseless protagonist as well yeah like i like playing games like that i don't know why it it just takes away the okay i know i don't have to get into a fight and defeat a boss or if i do there's Mm. going to be some sort of manipulatable item that i can use like the mirror at the end of uh little nightmares or that kind of thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's an obvious tool you can utilize to help you out because you can't throw a punch to save your life. Mm -hmm. You have to be creative about it. It's not straightforward. Yeah. I love Mm -hmm. that part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's my answer. Those two games by those two solo developers are amazing. Very nice. Yes. Uh, We're going to be rocking today. Something that we always talk about on the podcast, but something that's always well-deserved is Stardew Valley. Developed solo by uh eric barone also known as concerned ape uh homies actually uh moved to seattle um and studied uh university of washington tacoma so there you go u-dub Woo, go huskies boo trash um gives a lot <laughs> gives a lot of credit to uh <sighs> harvest moon um because huge inspiration if any of you cats played harvest moon it's pretty much the exact same game um but uh concerned ape definitely put a a twist to where it's definitely not a copy and paste it's definitely a heavily inspired game um i haven't beaten it yet uh puppets put in a lot of hours in getting her plants or sheep or what have you um getting the community center up and running um i definitely enjoyed it i i liked it um i'm more of a i i think i was more of a graveyard keeper kind of person only because the the theme was was cool in graveyard keeper you know um but uh stardew valley is definitely a game you can kind of definitely get lost in in terms of like a cozy game but you can definitely go into the dungeons and stuff um so good on concerned ape for uh solo devving this game also even has a board game for it um that he uh had some help with as well as he will be coming out with a another game coming out without a release date yet but we saw a little trailer of it on youtube um but it's going to be haunted chocolatier so you're freaking a chocolatier in kind of more of a, a horror kind of, it looks like the exact same art style is the exact same 
which is cool. It's familiar to like your like your love of Stardew Valley, but you're making chocolate. You got some spooks. I'm very excited for it. Um, I kind of want to rewatch the trailer again after all this. Um, but uh, that's kind of what he's got in the works. Um, but he, huge props, you know, huge, huge props. I think he started uh, developing Stardew Valley. It was a four year process, started in 2012 and then released it in 2016. Um, and then to be picked up by all the, it's now on like the Switch, mobile, PC, all consoles. It's awesome. I, I think I got it on mobile. I think it was about 10 bucks. Totally worth it because it's definitely uh, unlike a lot of games you need internet for. Um, you can take Stardew Valley on the on on in the middle of a cave and you can just you can just you can work <laughs> on your plants, water your plants, you know, take care of your your animals, your chickens, your ducks, your dinosaurs, all that stuff. Um, uh, on the go. So and it's also actually even controller supported on the mobile. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Love, love gaming on the go. Um, but yeah, Stardew, Stardew Valley, you know, can't can't go wrong with that one. Yeah, his his story is really inspirational to me. Um, and I think um, we see this a lot with solo developers that we've met and interviewed here at Game Raven. Um, so I'm, I'm reading here that he uh, after he graduated with his computer science degree, he wasn't able to get a job in the industry. And so he he was working as an usher at the Paramount Paramount Theater in Seattle mm. at the time. And um, he just kind of decided to to jump in and do, you know, he wanted to improve his own computer skills, which I've seen a picture of his setup, what he developed the game on. <laughs> he didn't even have a freaking desk, you know, he just had like, <laughs> I think it's stacked on books or something like that. What? His monitor is. And yeah, oh I should word. find that picture and post it in our discord. But um, yeah, he, you know, he wanted to craft a game and, uh, you know, in doing so, just learn more about his com- uh, like improve his computer skills and then also incorporate his artistic side so um he just jumped in and the soundtrack is original to him too he made the entire soundtrack and mm. it's the classic story of a guy who like couldn't find a job in the industry and was just like I want to get better and so I'm just going to I'm just going to try I'm just going to try my hand at this and jump in um and look look at what happened you know he's he is probably can pretty confidently say um the most popular solo developer mm. right now and that's just amazing to me so and it's inspirational because you know if you can't if you have a dream of working in video games or working you know as a musician or working as an artist or anything in life and and you just keep getting told no like just keep at it and just don't wait for other people to give you permission to do what you're passionate about. Just do it. And that's what um, that's what Eric Barone did. And, um, you know, honestly, Game Raven is kind of like that, too. Like, I <laughs> I wanted to work in the video game industry and I don't you know, I, I didn't have any way to do that. So I just started a website and look at where we are now now. Like, <laughs> I don't wait don't wait for permission just jump in and do what you love and what you're passionate about and you know things will happen for you um without fail and i I, i've heard that from other solo developers um because a lot of them have day jobs and a lot of them don't work in the industry or you know they've retired from the industry or 
um, they're just in a place where they're just passionate about their art and um, they're just want a way to express that and they find it outside of everything else. So um, super, super inspirational. Also super happy that he's a Husky. <laughs> I did not know that. Very, I'm proud of that. That's, that's really awesome. Um, and I also was reading that, uh, you know, he grew up here in the Pacific Northwest um, and he incorporated a lot of the elements of the region into the gameplay and art. And I totally oh, cool. feel that. Aww. So very it's proud of my, place. yes, very proud of my Seattle area for sure. So there you go. That's my two cents about Stardew Valley. I have a lot of hours in this game. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, how many, how many, how many? Oh, God. Um, I want to know. I want to compare how many we, we both have. I know. Between... I wish I had my Switch on me so I could actually tell you how it. much. I got it. Oh, okay. Check to see how much I have on the Switch. And then I also have uh, here on Steam. I'm curious. I have 347. I have more than that, probably. Okay. Like, a lot more, I think. I haven't uh, played it in a while. And then I also played it on mobile, but not as much. Um, how do you see how many hours you have in a game? On Steam, I have 133 and a half hours, but I have a lot more on the Switch. Uh, so you haven't played it on the Switch in a while. It only uh, goes up to 20, uh, 20 games. They reset it. I was so mad about that because I had like 500 hours in <gasps> Breath of the Wild and they and, and Nintendo, they reset the count. Oh, what? Why did you yeah. that? But I played Stardew Valley when I had mono. And so I played oh, it like man. 12 hours a day for a while. Oh, oh, it was Stardew Valley got me through that. It was. Um, am I able to see it on my Nintendo account? I think if you click on my uh, profile, you should be able no, to see that's it. No, that's what I was saying. It only uh, you haven't played it on your switch in a while. It only shows you like the latest 20 games so if you like i'm just gonna launch stardew valley for you yeah it should show up i'm curious i can't remember i i know i have an embarrassing amount in animal crossing and i'm hoping i have more hours in stardew valley <laughs> no i was just gonna say they shouldn't delete those numbers because sometimes that's like the only thing you have to be proud of it's like look at how many numbers how many hours i have in this game beat that you can't i win what if yeah. that's your only claim to fame? Don't erase right, that. Though? Like, it's just... <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know what my Nintendo account sign-in is. Who knows? Is it worth... Uh, so, on your profile, Stardew Valley played for 205 hours. Oh, really? Only 205? Was that re replaced, too? That was, that was replaced, too, because I had... That must be... That must be replaced because I had mono. I don't know. When was it, Taz? Like four? Like two, three years ago. Oh, yeah. I guess it was like our first year. Yeah, it was like four like, years ago. So, yeah, they have they have reset it since then. So my mono hours are not included in that. Cause so you have 200 on top of your other, what, six or 700 hours? Um, I don't know if I had six or 700 because uh, that was Breath of the Wild that I had all those hours in. Um, but Stardew Valley, I... I want to say was close to 300-ish, but again, mm. I don't know. So at least five. At least 500, at least 500, which is only half as oh much my. as I have in <laughs> Animal Crossing. <laughs> okay, let's move on from my shame. <laughs> <laughs> Go 
Don't be ashamed. It's something you're passionate about. Chester taught me this. If you enjoy doing it, it's not a waste of time. (laughs) True. Oh. Anyway, thank you. And I guess it goes back around to me. Uh, My second game will be Undertale. I've talked about Undertale a few times on the podcast done by a lovely person, I'm sure. I never met him. (laughs) Toby Fox. Where, again, what you resist, 2015 also kind of took world by somewhat of a storm. Everyone loved it because, again, look at all the characters and... Is it, uh, what's their names? No. Two skeletons. Uh, it's Papyrus and Sans. Because when you see them, their wording typed out, they're Comic Sans and actual Papyrus. Like, oh. Which, again, small things like that that make me... Like, just smile. Because it's like, yeah, that you didn't need to do that, but you did. And, of course, Sans is kind of a jokester. And that's why he's Comic Sans, you know? Like, why is that so heavy? Because it's a skeleton. Oh, my God. Got him. (laughs) You're the favorite. And, again, Girl falls into demon realm, I guess. Don't worry about that part. Not important. Important part is that the game is really fun. Again, you get your pacifist run where you just like hug people and pretty much figure out how to defeat them without hurting them or you can be a maniac and just kill everyone and everyone is afraid of you and hates you um i like the pacifist run because i think it's fun like funner yes that's a word like it is more fun while it is also interesting to have everyone kind of just hate you and be like by the time you get to the end it's like no kill her no kill, kill that person please because they keep going around defeating people and taking their souls. Oh. So, again, you have, your, you have your choices. Again, am I a fan that if I make that one mistake of killing someone that I didn't mean to kill, does it ruin my, my pacifist run? Yes. Because then they would pretty much start pointing at you again and being like, hey, they just killed a person. I'm like, it was an accident, though. It was an accident. <laughs> Oops. I didn't mean to. The ghosts with the headphones. No, I'm so sorry. But it's a like I don't know like it's something about looking at these characters, looking at the art and the connections that they make. That you're like, yeah, this is fun. I can see why again, T-shirts were made and people love this to the point that when Delta Room comes out, everyone likes that part two or whatever Delta Room is like in a different universe, but still kind of the same characters mm. that you get to see. So yeah, fun game again, frustrating game if you never played it because it is what I like to call high difficulty to certain degrees because basically a whole point of it is that your little heart in a box that i believe is technically your soul and you have to like dodge things some are easy some you have to try a hundred times to hopefully make through um but yeah undertale is a fun game definitely pick it up if you can and if you want deltarune i believe is also free as well Mm. um i think deltarune still is free i know i didn't pay for it (laughs) um so that's on steam definitely a game that i suggest if you have the time play it and I like the I like the story. I like the dialogue. I like the little small things of just corny jokes that I'm like, yep, mm-hmm, yep. That's that's in my area of making me laugh because I'm a dad without children. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm reading here uh, in in regard to your connection to the characters and stuff. Um, he said, like it says. Um, that Fox found that there's a psychological thread that says audiences become more. Att- attached to characters drawn simply rather than in detail. 
and particularly benefiting from the use of visual gags within the art. Um, so he really played on that. That's really interesting. I never thought about that. Um, that's cool. Also, <laughs> I was also reading on Wikipedia um, that he drew inspiration from the Mr. Bean show, <laughs> which makes me so happy because I love Mr. Bean. <laughs> yes. And I've never played Undertale. I have, I don't know, too many people have told me to play it. So I have not played it yet, but I, I think I would really enjoy it. It sounds like I would really enjoy it. <laughs> Then Sans and his the jokes. Then you could just have a spaghetti date. A <gasps> spaghetti date with a person. Oh, I love spaghetti. They love Italian food. I do too. And it's like, you want to go on a date? And it's like, yeah. Can I have spaghetti? I'm like, yeah. I want to have spaghetti on a date. That's a <laughs> date to me. <laughs> like, are oh, you trying to kill me afterwards, though? Oh. <laughs> worth it. Oh. Um, now I'm full of spaghetti and sauce, though. So I can go now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, um, that is mine. Uh, Puppet, do you have a second? I have a second, yes. Um, it is also a game that was developed uh, in RPG Maker. I think Undertale was also developed in RPG Maker, maybe? Anyway, I think so. Anyway, this game is called Omari, and it is a an RPG, um, and it was developed by Omocat. Um, and it is a great, wonderful little game. Um, it is similar to... Uh, Undertale in the kind of um, silly meets serious, um, and it was uh, it was made by a pseudo a pseudonymous artist named Omocat who developed um, this game from a web comment a web web comic Tumblr blog that they started um and they started to um like adapt the graphic novel into rpg maker to make this game so that's pretty cool um i love their art style it is really amazing and cool um sam i know you are browsing through their site they have a lot of really great merch it started off as a uh, like a solo developed game um in its initial release but as as time went on they did add people to the team um so it you know now what you see now isn't completely solo developed but i still wanted to mention this game because the roots of it were um all from omocat um and i've i've been really enjoying the game it has a lot of hours in it there's a lot of stuff you can do i think i've been i've i've been playing this for like almost all year i think um you're not done no, I'm not done oh, yet. Yeah, I'm still playing I through seen you and stream it for a while. So, but your stream schedule yeah. has changed. Yeah, my stream schedule has changed. But um, yeah, there's a there's just so much to this game, and it's a great story. It's about um little Omari who is just dealing with a lot of stuff. You know, um, there's grief and there's uh, depression and there's anxiety and there's a lot of themes that are really heavy. Um. But it's met with this, like, um, basically you jump between his childhood and present day for him. And you kind of see the connections between his childhood and what he went through and the present day and his friend group and how they how each of them kind of deal with the story differently. Um, and it's all set in this, like, the use of color is so fun because you have, like, these pastel colors and these really fun, like, um, images and stuff in in his younger days. and then. Um, you see his little character who's all black and white in this colorful world. And it it's a great way to portray uh, what it feels like to be depressed or like to be 
dealing with mental health. Um, so anyway, and there's there's a lot of different um, images that they use throughout the game to kind of convey what it's like to struggle in that way with grief and, and mental health. So um, super great. It's also like there's like a combat system and um, that's pretty fun. Uh, the combat mechanics um, are are more uh, complex than I would have thought they would be. <laughs> um, it utilizes like this rock, paper, scissors type style. So like. Um, and it has to do with emotions. So your emotions um, and the emotions of your enemy, like, uh, play into what's happening. And so, like, I think um, they have, like, sad, the emotion of you're more lucky. Attack is uh, goes up, but your defense goes down. And then if you're sad, your defense is up, but your speed um, goes down. And you also don't um, receive as much damage, like physical damage. It instead goes toward um, what's called juice. And that's what you need to use, like, special moves and stuff like that. So super fascinating way to use emotions and um, to kind of translate all of that into a game. Um, so really impressed by it. Um, and their their art, again, is is super great. Um, you can buy the, like, photographs on that website that you put in Discord, Sam. The, the little, like, you know, you find the, um, what are they called? Polaroids or whatever. You can buy yeah. those. And I thought, yeah. oh, stop it. You should see them. They're adorable. Because I remember you looking through them. And I was like, oh, they're so cute and sweet. Yes. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I could just go through all of the merch forever. <laughs> it's so cute. Anyway, um, that is my final game. Omari. Thank you all for your answers and thank you for tuning into the game Raven Review podcast and all those who are watching on Twitch as well. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I have been your host, Sam, and you can find me under all social media under Sam said it DFW. Puppet, where can you be found? I am Puppet Master N. That's Puppet Master E N. And you can find me here on Twitch um, under that name and also on all the socials. Um, as well, I am pretty active on Twitter. Um, yeah, so that's me. And Emily. I'm pretty much only on Instagram at Adamanta Whitfoot. And Taz. Uh, yes, you can find me at TazTDevil3 on all the social meds. I do stream on Twitch for Game Raven uh, on the Game Raven Review channel uh, on Wednesday nights at uh, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So I hope to see you all there. And as always, you can find us on Twitter and Twitch as a whole at GameRavenReview and GameRavenReview.com, where once again, there will be a link to our Discord. Also, special announcement on December 23rd, we'll be having a, another 24-hour live stream. Um, we had one back in June, July? July? Was it June or July? July, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. July. Back in July, it was a bunch of fun games. Again, you might see my profile picture change to something else again for another like year. This year still has to keep going. But if you ever looked at my Sam said at DFW and said, why does he have pie in his face? <laughs> well, that's because of the 24-hour live stream. Mm -hmm. And if you don't show up, you won't know why Sam did something else for the kids. <laughs> so again, December 23rd, 24-hour live stream. Please show up if you can. And with that, um, you guys have a fantastic week. And until next time, goodbye.